0: Every rider should have some sort of strapping system on their bike for your bags or whatever you pick up at the store. But Green Chili Adventure Gear makes American-made, heavy-duty, innovative luggage systems, including straps. It's all made with straps that'll turn any dry bag into motorcycle luggage, any bag you have into motorcycle luggage. GreenChiliADV.com, and their gear is unbelievably tough. It's the gear that I ride with as well. GreenChiliADV.com. When a log is blocking your route, it can be daunting whether you cross, go around, or turn around. But many logs can be easily ridden over with an adventure bike using the correct technique and using a bit of practice in advance. And today on Adventure Rider Radio's exclusive rider skills segment, Clinton Smout has the technique and an easy way to practice at home to build up to any size log crossing with your adventure bike. My name is Jim Martin. This is Adventure Rider Radio. Stay with us. we got a good one for you. According to Motorcycle Consumer News, the Cycle Pump is the number one pump in the business, made by Best Rest, has a lifetime warranty. It's made in the USA. They've got a bunch of other motor gear, including the easier tire gauge, the tire iron bead breaker, and, well, the list goes on. The website, CyclePump.com. That's CyclePump.com. Max BMW Motorcycles has been outfitting adventure riders since 2002. They've got four locations. Did you realize that? Four locations that are Max BMW locations. Anyway, 45,000 parts online. Shipping to your door from maxbmw.com. You also can sign up for their e-rider newsletter, a free newsletter, maxbmw.com.
1: I'm Sam and King and you're listening to Adventure Rider Radio.
0: If you spend any time running in the backcountry, most likely you're gonna come across at one point or another a log across the road. They can vary, of course, from small to large, but a lot of these logs you can end up crossing no problem with your adventure bike if you use the right technique that's what we've got today rider skills is an exclusive program we developed here at adventure rider radio designed to give you the tools that can improve your riding skills both on and off road now of course this segment is not meant to be a substitute for professional training these are ideas and concepts that should you choose to try you're doing so at your own risk Now, we've got Clinton Smout today talking about log crossings with adventure bikes. Clinton Smout heads up Smart Adventures in Ontario, Canada, at Horseshoe Resort. He's been teaching motorcycle riders for 25 years, over that now, and is a certified BMW off road instructor. clinton welcome back to adventure rider radio always great to have you here for another rider skills segment yeah no problem um now we're doing log crossing today so let's start off i guess the the best way to start here is with precautions before we get into actually how to do it um what do we have to be careful of if we're doing any sort of log crossing
1: uh hitting it at an oblique angle will often wipe the front wheel out it'll slide especially if the bark's been removed from previous riders going across the log. Leaving a wet, slippery log and trying to get a front wheel over it is very tough if you hit it on an angle. Mm -hmm. And if you do get the front wheel over, the back wheel, if it's on an angle, will often not go over the log and just slide out, which means you're going to have to put a foot down and it may throw you over the bars.
0: And I guess uh, some of the other things that that are sort of high risk of this is sharp or broken branches. You know, you get a tree fall over and you got a couple of sharp branches. If you're going to cross this thing and you go down, you got to think about that as as you're approaching it. And as you're looking at also what's on the other side, maybe, um, you know, when you go over this log. And then I guess the real big one is that we didn't say is how big is the log?
1: Yes, exactly. If we're on a 250 Enduro or or a trail bike, it's a lot easier to get 200 pounds up and over an obstacle. But our adventure bikes are usually a lot heavier, and they won't have that suspension that is as pliable as a little bike. So that's very. there's a big danger of going over the handlebars and maybe the bike chasing you. The big adventure bikes, if you stiffen the suspension up, which you can do, either electronically or by hand, getting the preload tighter. Um, you can go over some big stuff, but not as easily as a 250.
0: Are there limits with the adventure bike? Would you say there's a certain size limit of a log that you just say, okay, for the average, and we're talking the average rider, obviously there's, you know, somebody like you, you can ride over whatever you want to, but the average rider we're talking about here, are there limits? Would you say that over a certain size log is, it? yep, don't do it?
1: Absolutely. Um, always remember the Cardinal rule of let your friend go first. That'll tell you if it's too large or not.
0: That's a a Clinton (laughs) Smout uh, recommendation right there. There's no doubt. That's
1: right. (laughs) Let your friend go first. Um, Our given rule, we equate your riding ability as level one, level two, as far as the skill demand in the obstacle. So for level one, two-day BMW course training, whatever bike you're on, if the height of the log is lower than the height of the front axle, then you can just bump over it. You don't have to do have much technique other than slow down and stand up, and it'll go right over top of that log, most bikes. If the log is much taller than the front axle, if you don't try to get the front wheel up in the air a little, You're just going to smash into that log and the bike falls over. So that's a little bit more advanced, the bigger logs. But you know, a six inch log or tree trunk across a trail, that's easily done. Now, there's a few things to consider with your motorcycle. You know, what kind of tires do you have? If you have a a stock 90% pavement, 10% off road, if it's a wet log from rain, you've got to be really careful to hit it perpendicular, not on any kind of angle, kind of like a letter T approach. What tire pressure have you got on? If you're running up to 40 pounds in the rear and you hit obstacles like rocks and logs, that wheel is going to be more likely to bounce up higher in the air. So what we do for off-road training is Diminish our tire pressure down to 25 pounds, then part of our suspension is that reduced tire pressure. And you're more likely to envelop the obstacle and it helps you over that. The one thing that changes though is the type of rim you have. If your adventure bike has spokes, that's fantastic. Spokes will flex that's part of your suspension. If you have a solid rim, you're more likely to bend it trying to go over logs. So you have to be very careful not reducing the air pressure in the front wheel with a solid rimmed motorcycle because you're more likely to bend it. And I'm talking from experience, rims are very expensive.
0: Yes, they are. Uh, now, I'm going to go back to that 25 PSI. you saying 25 PSI front and rear is what you're using on big adventure bikes yes. for offer? Oh, okay.
1: That's what we do as a given for that two-day course. And at the end of the day, we put the customer's tire pressure back up if they're riding home or doing any kind of highway riding because the tire is going to heat up too much and wear out prematurely.
0: But you do have to be careful with running like a heavy rock and any sort of big ballast as you lower your tire pressure, probably more so than what we're talking about with log crossing. And I don't want to get off on another topic here, but yes. we're talking about lowering pressure.
1: Exactly. Very, very true. For If we stick to just logs, a little less tire pressure than what the manufacturer recommends for highway use is going to help you over that log.
0: Okay. So before we get into the actual log crossing itself, maybe we should talk about some other methods to to cross. In other words, yeah, we're we're going to talk about you're going you're going to walk us through how to do a log crossing riding the bike, but just in case you happen to come up to a log crossing that maybe the logs too big or maybe you just don't want to do it because you're alone and you're in a remote spot, whatever the case is, but we have options, don't we?
1: Absolutely. If you're in a forest, maybe you can detour detour around that fallen tree, off into the forest, off the trail a little bit. I would walk it first. Maybe uh, bend some branches out of the way that are going to poke you as you're going maneuvering through the trees around the fallen tree. Make sure that you can get around it safely in your boots before you take your tires through there. Another option that we use, and it's fantastic training when we encounter a fallen tree, we'll kick some branches, break them out of the way that might poke us. And then we're in a forest. There's a lot of deadfall, limbs, there's dirt, there's some stones, and we build a little ramp on the approach to the lock, So that diminishes the height challenge. If you want and you're brave, you could ride it over. So you only need one ramp. You kind of drop off the other side, as long as it's not too big. Or take the time, especially if there's more than one person, build a ramp on each side of that log. And then it might be prudent. If you're a little nervous about riding it over, because that's kind of trial stuff, you could walk the motorcycle over. So put the motorcycle in first gear and walk beside our motorcycle. That way, if anything goes wrong, you're not on the bike. So you use two fingers over the clutch, little shot of throttle to go up the ramp, and then as you step over the log, you're beside your motorcycle. You're not on it. That might be a safer way. If you're there with a buddy, they're a spotter for you. They're holding on to a back rack beside the bike, maybe on the other side. So the two of you can kind of muscle it over if the back tire gets stuck, for instance.
0: And the nice thing about that method is you can pretty much cross any log at that point that you come Absolutely. up with. Absolutely. You know, it's not highly yeah. technical.
1: Exactly but but uh, but, it, but it, it does go back answer. to
0: something we've talked about before is taking your bike for a walk walking your bike around and learning to to modulate your clutch as you're standing beside the bike because that is a skill that needs to be developed for that sort of thing
1: absolutely if you've never done it before the uh, heart rate is going to go up when you're trying
0: to go over logs by walking beside it <laughs> yeah as the bike starts to go up to your head level and and you're standing yes. there beside it yes definitely Okay. So let's jump into the the log crossing concept here. So the idea here is that we're riding up to it and we're going to ride across it. What's one of the first things that you, um, let, let's not go through the step-by-step just as an overall though. What's the first thing that you spot and then sort of just a, a quick overview of what we're talking about here?
1: Um, What I'm looking for is kind of some experience judging the height of the log. Can I walk my bike over that or ride it over carefully and safely? So I'm up to about eight inches, no problem at all. You start getting bigger logs than that, could be a little sketchy. But the questions I'm asking myself as I approach is what is the actual traction on the approach? If it's really wet, really muddy, I'm going to have less impact with the throttle to scoot my suspension up in the air just before I hit it. So momentum is an absolute key if it's wet ground, loose traction, sand, for instance, just before you approach and hit this log or tree. So your momentum is going to be key. I'm also judging, is it on an angle? Most trees don't fall perfectly perpendicular to the trail. They're an oblique angle. That means you're going to have to slow down by angling your bike so that the front and rear tire are going to hit perpendicularly across the log.
0: And you, you mentioned about momentum and I just want to go back to talk about momentum just for a second, because I think sometimes when people hear momentum, they think speed and, and yes, momentum is speed, but it's the correct speed. Just when you're saying you need momentum, that doesn't mean you hit it with all the speed you can get. It means you, you just want to use just enough momentum to get yourself up and over it, actually just up onto it and then roll down off of it. That gives you control. Am I right?
1: Exactly. And that's in our assignment we'll chat about later is how do you get that experience, that judgment? You definitely don't near, need third gear. It's going to be a little exciting. <laughs> that bike will launch off that lock and we don't want to hurt anybody.
0: It'll make a great yeah. video for YouTube, but um, it's not going to be <laughs> a nice ride home. <laughs>
1: yeah, definitely. So the idea is you don't want to hit it too fast because that really punches the suspension up that will really affect your traction going over the lock and it bounces the front end too high up in the air it's unnecessary it's spectacular on video as you said jim but it's not necessary it's too dangerous
0: yeah it's the same as rocks and everything isn't it if you're going too fast you're going to bounce and when you bounce you have no control you've got to slow it down
1: Absolutely. And the calm, thoughtful approach with just a little bit of speed, you'll have more success.
0: Okay, well, let's look at it step by step. Let's break it down into small bite-sized steps that we can easily understand here as we talk through. First thing, we're coming up, what do we do?
1: Uh, Stand up. If you were sitting down, you definitely will have limited success and more pain in crossing logs, Mm -hmm. a sore spine. So you want to stand up just before you're about to hit the log. You change into a bent knee because that's your body suspension. Then you get off the brakes. If the log is not very tall, which is what we recommend you practice with, oh, two by fours at first. It's just a little bump. You hardly Mm -hmm. even notice it. And then a four by four And with this bent knee, vision-wise, you're looking across the log at where you want to continue going. Don't stare at the log. Standing up, bent knee, and a smooth, constant throttle. So we want two, three kilometers an hour, no more than that, to go over a six-inch log. And it'll walk right over it. Uh, Very important to have two fingers resting on your clutch you're not slipping it or pulling it in but it's there in case anything goes wrong what could go wrong is the front wheel losing traction and sliding or the back wheel perhaps sliding out to the right or left if you're under power with with a clutch fully engaged that's going to lead to trouble so we cover the clutch to take the power away just in case anything goes wrong.
0: Now, you're saying cover the clutch. You're just talking fingers lightly on the lever, like we should be riding when we're riding off-road. We're not talking pulling the clutch in.
1: No, exactly. It's just there in case we need it. If your left hand is tight around the left grip when something goes wrong, all you're going to do is hang on to that left grip tighter. It's almost impossible at that point to reach out and pull the clutch in.
0: So we're approaching now. Now you did say get off the brakes. I didn't hear you say get on the brakes. Now with this approach that we're talking, you said up to a six inch log. We're not trying to pop the front end up here. Basically what we're doing is we're trying to line ourselves up to cross it perpendicular. We're trying to use enough momentum to get over it. We're using bent knees. We're standing up and two fingers covering the clutch in case anything goes wrong. And we're basically just riding up and over it.
1: Exactly. We call it the bump approach the motorcycle just bumps over the log with no additional suspension input or throttle input from the rider.
0: Okay. So from six inches, how high from six inches can we... Well, I guess we can go anywhere right up to the axle before we're having to start to loft the front wheel.
1: Exactly. Or rather than loft it, you just need a little shot of throttle. So if you're approaching the log and you give it a little shot of throttle a meter or a yard in front of the log, your suspension elongates or gets taller. Just from normal riding, sitting on your bike or standing, our suspension is compressed a little. You give it a shot of throttle and the springs get taller. That gives us more suspension when we hit the log. Plus that little shot of momentum Power to the back wheel drives us into the log, which is more likely to help it bounce over. So we're not lofting yet. Lofting is for real big logs. You can loft over a two-inch log, but why bother? Why risk losing traction by getting on the throttle too hard if it's slippery conditions, loose conditions? Just bump over it.
0: Well, okay, so what about when it gets bigger than six inches then?
1: Then it gets more exciting. This is when you definitely get your friend to go over it first and you watch carefully.
0: See what goes wrong there and then, yeah.
1: Exactly. Or maybe you'll go around the log or turn around, help them up probably. Don't just leave them there. But seeing what happens to the suspension, if it's a fairly soft suspended adventure bike if you hit too big a log, the front suspension could bottom out. If you do get the front tire over, is your engine case then going to bottom out? Do you have a good enough, long enough skid guard, skid plate under your engine that you can just glide across until the back wheel hits? And that's where we're definitely standing up with the bent knee as soon as the back tire hits the log, it's coming up. It's going to kick the seat upwards, and you don't want to be sitting down. That's an eject button.
0: Now, the skid plate, um, not all skid plates are created equal.
1: Yeah. um, We always change for our training bikes and put a really heavy-duty skid plate on because some adventure bikes will, will come with a plastic one, very minimal protection it keeps the dirt off the bottom of your engine <laughs> that's about it yeah. so it's worth the investment if you're going to ride off road and anticipate going over logs and rocks then I would invest whatever it is, a couple hundred dollars in something from the manufacturer or aftermarket that's going to protect it more and this is an instance where an optional heavier skid plate will help you get over the log without causing damage to the engine.
0: So you've got to consider that. So as you get bigger than six inches, obviously you're you're going to have to worry about clearance and are you going to be able to skid it across the, your skid plate I'm talking about across the log? Do you have the skills for it? And also do you have a a proper skid plate in place? Okay. So let's assume that we have that, we have the skid plate in place and we're we're fine. We're going to, we're going to do this. What do we do?
1: So this is the bigger log. On the approach, um, often I'll stop and just go up and have a look what's on the other side, that there isn't a great big depression ground or something. Then I'll go back and I've picked my spot where I'm going to hit that log with my front tire. Um, Before I do lofting, I'm just going to help the motorcycle suspension over the obstacle by two ways. Standing up one meter before I hit the log or one yard, I'm going to compress my weight into my boots. We call this preloading. If you kind of jump down into your boots, I'm going to squish my front and rear suspension down. Now, the timing is very important. It's going to unspring or come back up fairly quickly after you do this. So the timing is a yard or meter before your front tire hits the log. And you can still go very slow, two, three miles an hour. When you squish a spring and let go, it bounces back up. So that's when I want to hit the front tire on the log, is just after I've compressed it. We call this preloading. Now, I'm using the suspension as an ally to help me up over on top of that log with the front tire. The second component I add, in addition to preloading the suspension or squishing it, is I'm going to add a shot of throttle. Not wide open, just a little brap. And that little crack of throttle powers me into the log. In addition to the suspension that's springing back up, it'll drive me up and over the obstacle. This is without lofting. It's just a little more power input. Otherwise, you may just bump into the log, you stop, the bike falls, and you're underneath it. And that's how we get the front tire up. Now my weight goes back, and I'm going to kind of, push forward momentum with my feet into the pegs and try to slide that skid plate across the surface of the log, anticipating that the back wheel is going to hit now. So my weight comes back, bent knee, and I absorb that energy that the suspension puts into it when the back tire hits. It's coming up. So I'm going to absorb that with my legs and bump the back tire over The log—that's where covering the clutch really comes in handy, and you have to time that lip of the throttle so that when that rear tire, the drive wheel, is on a log, you don't want a lot of acceleration built into the. That's when I slip the clutch and use my momentum, not power, to get me over, get the back tire over.
0: Because if you end up giving it power at this point, the rear wheel is going to spin, the bike's going to go sideways, and again, you're going to be likely underneath it.
1: It's going to get very exciting. Yep. So the blip of the throttle, the timing of it is very, very important. If you leave it on too long, it's not going to help you. If you don't give it enough throttle, it's not going to help. So there's some real experience that you can practice before you try it on a tree out in the forest.
0: Um, okay, let's just do a, like a little fast review. We've basically got two different methods, one for up to six inch, one for over six inch. And and I guess, well, we didn't talk about any real big ones, but I mean, the, the obvious thing is, is, is adventure bikes are big and heavy. They're not dirt bikes. If it's going to be too big, you're building a ramp like we talked about before.
1: I would. Um, in our level two course, we do teach customers how to loft a big adventure bike. And it's very challenging for most people. Tons of throttle with a heavy motorcycle in loose terrain. It just spins the back wheel. So we have to use the clutch, preloading the suspension. It takes a lot of practice to get the front end of a big motorcycle up in the air. On hard ground or pavement, it's easy. Just stand up, lean back, use clutch and throttle. And a Goldwing, a Harley-Davidson Road King, will wheelie, which we don't advocate for the street, of course unless you're trying to go over a muffler. But off-road, big adventure bikes, um, I would say practice it on small bikes. And there's no real goal in my mind to get a bike three feet up in the air, the front wheel, to get over stuff. That's trials riding. I'll use a gas gas instead of a BMW for that.
0: Okay, so um, can we just uh, do a fast review then on the two methods? Yeah. We've got one for uh, up to six inch and one for over six inch.
1: Exactly. The first system is what most of us on adventure bikes are going to make the best use of. You're on a world tour or on a day ride in the forest near you, and you come across a tree across the trail. As long as there isn't hundreds of branches sticking up, Maybe there's a space you can get the width of your bike through there, no problem. A smaller log, less than the height of your front axle, stand up, look up, bent knee, loose grip on the bars, covering the clutch with two fingers. That helps reduce the white knuckle because you're a little scared at first. Always let your friend go first and you can judge their experience if Oh, I can ride as good as that guy. I should be able to get over too. Then drop your speed down fairly slowly. Walking pace is what we're looking for. Then just as you're about to hit the log, make sure you've got a little bit of throttle on and you're covering the clutch. The front tire is going to bump right over it. Second approach, the log's quite a bit bigger. I would always stop. You're not racing. There's no rush in getting over the log. Stop, find something good to put under the kickstand if it's soft ground. Walk up and inspect. Can you safely get over this 8, 9, 10-inch log? Now, if you've practiced it and you feel comfortable, go for it. But if you're at all nervous, we would say on the bigger logs, build a little ramp on both sides if need be and it might be safest to walk the motorcycle over by riding the clutch. Walk beside it, a little shot of throttle to get the front wheel up the ramp, and then bump it over as you walk beside it. That might be a safer approach for the big logs. And then you have to judge as a rider, are you experienced enough and competent enough to do bigger logs that are taller than the axle? with you on the motorcycle that's where it's more dangerous and more likely to go over the handlebars or the bike slides off the log and lands on you so be very careful
0: hey the one thing i wanted to throw in there was often when I, i'm coming up to a log as a matter of fact the first thing i usually do when i come up for a log particularly if it's not perpendicular to the trail is i look for a v a crotch in the tree or something is there any sort of little notch that i can go over use that as my crossing does that make sense do you do that
1: Yeah, I do. Um, What we have, the forests in Ontario where I ride are jack pine. So they're pretty tall and straight and very few limbs other than at the top of the tree. That's why they're really good for pulp, wood and lumber. So um, we don't have a lot of those, the notches that you're speaking of in the trees I ride around here.
0: (laughs) Hey, we're going to take a quick two-minute break to thank some sponsors to help bring this episode to you. But stick around because when we come back, Clinton's got a method that you can set up at home to learn how to do log crossing and practice it before you're actually in the bush. Stay with us. Coming this May 17 to 19 in Flagstaff, Arizona is a huge, super huge overland expo. This is the big event of the year. Overland Expo is the big event of the year. So it's where uh, I mean they get more attendance to this than I think anything else is going on. There's so much going on here. You're not going to be able to do it all. But that's great because you can get to pick what you want. What's most important to you to get the real juice from Overland Expo. Go to the website overlandexpo.com and buy your tickets because that's the only way you can get them is on the website you must buy your tickets online overlandexpo.com now if you have plans already for that weekend scrap them seriously <laughs> do whatever you can to get to this just amazingly inspirational and informative gathering of like-minded riders and overlanders and if you really really can't make that date then plan these dates for october in virginia because overland expo east for 2019 takes place October 11 to 13 at the Infinity Downs in Arrington, Virginia. Again, you got to buy your tickets online. And, you know, one way to make things happen in your life is when you decide to do something, take some sort of action towards it immediately. Make a phone call, do whatever. And in this case, what you're going to do is buy your tickets. Go to the website, overlandexpo.com, and commit. Buy your ticket. Make it happen for you. And, of course, anytime you're dealing with them, make sure you mention that you, you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. I like products that make me look good, you know. You know, if you if you they say a good suspension, for instance, will make a, an average rider look like a better rider, and the same thing goes for foot pegs. You know, if you're running with your stock foot pegs, you have all the problems associated with a small foot peg that comes from the factory, made of a bit of tin. Uh, it's it's actually quite stunning how cheap they are. IMS makes top quality, race quality foot pegs. I run them on my bike, and they see a lot of use and a lot of, of abuse in some real tough stuff, and they're absolutely flawless for me. But they're warrantied for life as well. They're made in the USA. Um, they're made of the, the highest quality materials. And most importantly, they're designed by a company that's been around since 1976. These people know what they're doing when they're designing products. They design products for racers, which, as you know, is the highest uh, sort of caliber of products that you're going to find out there imsproducts.com is a website anytime you're dealing with them let them know you heard them here on adventure rider radio you need to look at their full line of adventure pegs they make just for us adventure riders and don't forget anytime you're dealing with them let them know you heard them here on adventure rider radio imsproducts.com Okay, so um, now for the for the assignment. You, you've got a method here to teach us how to start out small and, and work our way up doing a log crossing in controlled conditions?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Don't start with logs the size of your picnic table. That's not going to go over well. <laughs> but, you know, a two by four and then build up to a four by four where you've got spacing between a bunch of hunks of wood. It should be long enough You know, you can't practice going over a two foot long obstacle because it moves around a lot when you hit it. So have six feet of, of tree log or a four by four post, something like that. And then have a nice, safe approach. Lots of space on the other side so you can practice the bump over method and then the suspension compression method with a little shot of throttle. I would practice both, and then you've got that in your bag of tricks to draw from that will help you in the forest for different heights of logs. And then go find some. We celebrate when we see a tree down on our trails, unless it's just past a blind corner. Then we get the chainsaw and we remove it with the forestry permission because that's going to hurt somebody. If some kid comes around a corner on an ATV or a dirt bike and goes flying into this thing, there could be real injuries. So for practicing, wide open space is better. So going over trees with standing trees very close to it makes it a lot tougher to ride over. That's
0: what we practice. Now here on the west coast, if we have trees down, they're quite often a lot bigger than that. So, so they're not easy to. They cut. sure are. Yeah, they're not easy to move, and they're not even easy to go over. That's a that's a whole new topic. A lot of times, it's a turnaround at that point unless yes. you can find a way around it. And even then, the length of them makes it difficult to find their way around. But anyway, th- I, that's that's great. I like your method because using two-by-fours and four-by-fours, you can sort of build up a combination of all kinds of practice attempts. You can you can try different angles and sort of get a feel for what it's like to at least do the crossing in a controlled environment, build up your skill level before you find yourself in that slippery log in a bit of rain in the bush.
1: Exactly. Confidence is a big part of competence. The biting, it's not a horse, so it doesn't know how to do it. It's just going to do what your throttle, clutch, and suspension input with your feet. But with practice, it's a real rewarding feeling to be able to get across a six, eight-inch log that might stop you without that practice that we're suggesting.
0: I don't know about the horse analogy either because the, uh, I grew up with horses and they'll do everything to try and get you off the back of them sometimes. That's so I, think, I think I prefer the bike where I can just tell it what to yeah. do and it does what I want it to do.
1: There's only one brain.
0: Yeah. One that you have to fight with. Did you, were you saying something else there?
1: No, just that um, start slow and build up to it. And um, remember that you're on a pretty heavy bike that wasn't really designed to go over a two-foot log. That's not part of it. <laughs> the adventure manufacturer's purpose. Six, eight inches, no problem.
0: Well, Clinton, that's great information. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you stopping in the middle of your ride to to help us out with this. So I'm going to let you get back to that. Um, by the way, how is the new ride?
1: Yeah, thanks so much. Um, the new bike's amazing. I didn't think there'd be much difference from a 1250 to a 1200, but... The mid-range is awesome. I don't want to get it really dirty because we're demo riding at an event this weekend, but it's really a fun machine.
0: Oh, well, that'll be interesting. And and that's going to be in your school this year.
1: Uh, Yeah, we have two 1250s, I think three 850s, three 750s, and two 310s.
0: Wow. And the 310s too. That's got to be fun too. Now, which 310s are they? They're the
1: G310GS. So the GS. So they're a fantastic engine. Yeah, we had it last year and loved them.
0: Mm, Neat. Yeah, I see a lot more of those around now. That's uh, that's pretty cool. Anyway, Clinton, thank you very much. I appreciate you taking the time for your ride.
1: My pleasure, Jim. Take care. Bye-bye now.
0: Well, there you have it. Two techniques for log crossings, one for logs under six inches, one for logs over six inches. Now, I think it's important to remember here or like some sort of reminder that we are riding adventure bikes, not dirt bikes. So like Clinton said, if you want to do some crazy log jumps, use a trials bike or some other appropriate ride. I wanted to highlight two things that we touched on. One that I think is a common failure point for log crossings, and that's the rear wheel. When the rear wheel goes over the log, It's very important not to spin it, because on an adventure bike, most times when you spin that rear wheel, it's going to simply slide up or down the log, often dumping the rider, you, on the ground. So as Clinton told us, use enough momentum for the crossing, one or two fingers over the clutch lever, and don't let that rear wheel spin on the log. Two, uh, we mentioned making a a bridge to cross the log, and I just want to clarify that a little bit. If you can't go around the log, you don't want to ride over it, you know, the, the log is just simply too big. It's really easy to make a bridge, as Clinton said. You just look for smaller logs that are in the forest all around, and um, you take them and you look for a log that maybe is several feet or a meter long. Don't go too small because they move around too much. But you push them up against the log that you're trying to cross, starting with your biggest log and moving down to your smallest log. I wouldn't use too many. You know, one or two or three logs is is probably all you'd want to use because the more logs you put in there, the, the bigger the chance of them moving. You start with the biggest one pushed up against the log you're crossing and then go down in size. And if you look at the profile, you've got a ramp that you're going over um clinton mentioned both doing both sides of the log which makes a lot of sense so you have a little ramp up on one side to go up and then down on the other side so it doesn't clunk down as you go over the log obviously if you're walking your bike over you need to be extremely careful because the bike is then lifted up high um, you're on logs that could move uh, not to mention that the the leverage of the bike being um, higher up above you as you walk it across it just makes it more difficult and um if you're using the engine power to walk it over and feathering your clutch, again, don't spin that rear wheel. I think that's just going to cause you grief so try and use a bit of momentum. But the best is to have a buddy help you get it across to help help each other get your bikes across. In addition, I just want to mention the skid plates. Um, I mentioned that skid plates are not created equally. That's because there's no standard for skid plates. So as Clinton mentioned, some of the factory bikes they come with a plastic. Skid, it's not even a skid plate. It's, it looks like a skid plate, but it's plastic. It's a little, little deflector, as he said. You know, it keeps the mud off of your engine. That's about it. But some of the um, uh, aluminum skid plates, some of the aftermarket skid plates you'll get or, or some of the bike designs have the skid plate mount directly to the engine, often with little rubber mounts between them to absorb some energy. But if I were you, I'd have a look at your skid plate, how it mounts. If it mounts directly to the engine, ride accordingly with that because when you slam that skid plate down, the force is concentrated onto its mounting points, maybe four or so mounting points that go up into your cast aluminum engine case. Maybe some rubber in between, but you can puncture the case. So remember, as it slams down, that force is onto your engine case, which could be, well, a big deal for you. So again, they're heavy adventure bikes, not dirt bikes, although I think we like to pretend they are sometimes when we ride. Anyway... Clinton gave us an excellent way to learn the techniques by using 2 by 4s and 4 by 4s to develop our technique. That's a great way to to try it and and get yourself used to going up and over things. If you have any questions or comments about this Rider Skills segment, or any of them for that matter, or you have a topic that you'd like to hear on the show, drop by and post your comments in the show notes on our website or send us an email. Uh, We'd love to hear what you have to say. Clinton Smout heads up the Smart Adventure Centre at Horseshoe Resort in Ontario, Canada. To get some training with Clinton and his crew, visit their website at smartadventures.ca. And if you're not close to Clinton, you can't get to his uh, adventure training centre. Visit any training centre, any quality training centre. Check them out in advance. uh, Make sure you're getting the the top-notch training that you deserve. But nothing beats standing there with an instructor and having them help you and reduce that steep learning curve, maybe even an injury. Yeah, I just want to remind you that uh, the show has been brought to you in part by Max BMW Motorcycles at maxbmw.com, Green Chili Adventure Gear at greenchiliadv.com, and Best Rest Products at cyclepump.com. And anytime you deal with these companies, make sure you throw in there that you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio, just to show that we appreciate their support. <music> that about wraps up another episode of adventure rider radio and we sure hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we did making it i love rider skills i know a lot of people that listen love that part uh, of our show as well just it's, it's great fun and there's so much to learn there's so much you can do just by listening and then going out there and doing it on your own be safe when you're doing it out there Now, we would love your support for the show. It's built on a a model of some advertising and listener support to make it work. We really need that listener support. We have some. We definitely need more. We've got some equipment we need to change up, and uh, your support's going to help do that. Drop by our website, AdventureRiderRadio.com. Click on the support button. But as well, while you're there, we have our other show, Raw that we run once a month. It's a round table talk of uh, motorcycle travel, myself and my co-hosts. We have a lot of fun with it and we have great response from it as well. So check out that show and all of our episodes are there for you to listen to for free. If you have any questions or comments, we love the email. We get them all the time, and it's just great to hear from you. It's great to hear how the show has uh, changed your life possibly or at least changed something you do or maybe has become uh, part of your life. We love hearing that stuff. Post it to us on Facebook. Send us emails, and definitely drop by the website and make comments in the show notes um, sections there. There's a spot for every episode. You can go and make your comments about the episode, what you thought of it. Anyway, now it's time to get out there and ride your bike. My name is Jim Martin. This is Adventure Rider Radio. See you next week.
1: Else to be Willy I'm Elsterbeet
0: Willefi. I'm Mikas Willefi. from Pikke Pikke Overland. And you're listening to Adventure Rider Radio.